Hello and welcome to the Unmasked Podcast. This is at C. Talene and we are back at full strength. Welcome back, Southern Cynic. Yeah, I'm here. Girl, I, listen, director Akira, uh, to please direct her. Oh my God, come on. Girl, seriously, stop being so dead on arrival. Give us some life. Give us life. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Please don't please don't make us delete you, Southern Senate. Lord Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have, yeah, we gotta have that little dial that little dialogue. Are you sure, Box? Yes, hmm. are you sure, Box? I'm glad that comes up. So you guys we are, we're almost at the end. We have two episodes left. I'm not ready for it to be over. I know. I'm we not. were we were just talking about that week of the finale of Mr. Robot is going to be a lot for um Southern Cynic and myself because The Last Jedi also comes out the day after the finale. And I know I'm planning on going that Thursday night, and I think Southern Cynic is going to a late showing that Thursday night. So we're just planning to be wrecked that week. Like, it's just a given at this point. <laughs> I guess, should I say now it's been nice knowing you? Uh, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. We'll be, we'll be useless by Friday. We will be useless. My, okay. I already have my plot picked out. <laughs> I'm are you gonna just just write your own eulogy at this point (sighs) bury me at dust are we still sending the bill to sam or are we sending this to yeah more than one person oh Oh, between between ryan johnson and sam um please split my bills uh i I hope you know one of them comes and at least gives my eulogy because they owe it to me at this point yeah I think maybe Sam might need to pay for more because he has been slowly killing us over the course of these last weeks. So it's been a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. And we will be recording listeners. Southern Seneca and I will be recording um, after we watch the last Jedi to give you our thoughts. So um, we'll definitely let you know when we do that and title that episode accordingly. So if you have not watched The Last Jedi, you won't get any spoilers because I'm sure we will spoil everything. Yeah, y'all don't hold back. I already need counseling. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll discuss. We'll discuss at that time. We will discuss at that time. So we are on, um, we are dealing with the aftermath of the cyber attacks, which is what they're calling it on the show, and the deaths of Trenton and Mobley. And we see that in this episode, three weeks have passed. Um, and we see where Elliot is. This is an Elliot-focused um, episode. And this was a quieter episode. The last three weeks, I feel like, have been very much filled with tension, making folks very anxious, um, a roller coaster ride. And this one was a quieter episode. And I think it was just as powerful as the last three have been. Um, what do you, what did you think, Southern Cynic, when you saw the episode last night? Well, bouncing off what you said with all of these intense episodes, what the last three were just insane. And then we come here to see Elliot in the state he's in and how subdued the show is, it's, it's like you've just reached that same amount of despair that mm-hmm. Elliot has. It, you, you feel it. Like all the air has been sucked out of you. You're tired, you're drained. 
this show, um, this episode was just really heavy. It was. It was. Akira, what did you think when you were seeing it last night? Uh, I will agree with you that it was a bit on the quieter side, but still, despite being quiet, I think that it still packed a punch. I do enjoy these episodes where we get to um, explore the characters a little bit more um, and kind of take us away from plot a little bit mm-hmm. um, and definitely give us more insight into Elliot and how he's been dealing with things or how he's still processing um, what's going on as well. Yeah, I'm always down for those types of episodes where, yeah, I get to character analyze a lot more. Yeah, and speaking of character analyze, they gave us a flashback right away. And whenever they're giving us flashbacks, it's an opportunity for us to have some questions answered. So it starts off with a young Elliot and Edward, and we know that this is after Elliot has been pushed out of the window, has fallen out of the window because his arm is in a sling and he and his dad are at the movies um, going to see Shallow Grave, which I've never saw. Did either one of you ever see this movie? Came out in 1994, into 94, I believe. Never heard of it. I never heard of it either. But it's, um, it's a- I saw Babe in the background. I was like, heck yeah, let's go watch that. Babe was in the background. in the background too. I like I like black. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was roughly that was roughly nineteen ninety five because Casino was out as well. And all three of those movies um were out in ninety five. So that can kind of um help us date the time of this flashback. But basically Elliot is angry at his father. Edward is obviously very sick. We get to see basically the death of Edward. Corridana in his interview with The Hollywood Reporter did confirm that that was um, Edward's death. And what did you think when you were seeing Elliot interacting with his dad, Akira? Just damn (laughs) cold-blooded. It was pretty harsh. And just... Just trying to process it. I mean, I know that Elliot's perspective and what we've been told so far, okay, yes, you got pushed out of the window. Um, And even as we've seen more of season three, we've started to develop some more questions about the accuracy of that story. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, did, you know, whether really his dad wasn't Mr. Robot, you know, yeah, trying to put the pieces together on that a little bit. And um, just seeing how it's, you know, the relationship between Elliot and Edward is just continuing to dwindle um, and fall apart. And just now up to the part where um, Edward is asking, you know, Edward is saying he's sorry. And I'm even having questions exactly what is he apologizing for? Because I'm, you know, like like a lot of people questioning, okay, did he even get pushed out of the window? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was there something else going on that maybe yeah. Elliot found out? Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, listeners, that was my son. That was my son yelling in the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, um, so that left me questioning, okay, was there, yeah, you usually might want to think, okay, it's because he got pushed out the window. That might be why he was pissed, but I don't know. I'm wondering, okay, is there something else that we're not seeing there? Because usually with this show, um, you have to, think about what you're not seeing just as much as what you do see. And then of course, Elliot just, I mean, not Elliot, Edward asking if he can be forgiven and Edward just telling him no. And then, and then Edward just, 
uh, it just collapses. And then Elliot just picks up the jacket and walks away. And I'm like, no what box. in the hell? I know. I think I said, did he just leave his daddy and go to the movies? Damn. <laughs> Southern Senate, what did you think about the interaction? And what do you think um, Edward was apologizing for? I don't know. I've always suspected that there was something more to what happened with the window than what uh, Sam is showing us. And I never thought Elliot could be so cold. Like, well, do you think that well, was you know, Elliot? Well, we, we could see at the hospital, maybe that was the, you know, the beginning of the change. You mm-hmm. see how and, and withdrawn and in himself that um, he becomes after that accident. But I just want to know what what happened to lead up to that because it's not just that Elliot let it slip that his dad got sick. It's it's something else, and Darlene's involved with it too. I believe it could be. And yeah, some of the yeah. I was I was thinking about when I saw Elliot was I was thinking about that flashback that we had seen last season of Elliot and Edward in the car. Remember when Edward picked Elliot up from school, he had gotten in a fight or something and he would, he told Elliot he was sick at that point and took him to the store, um, to the storefront and said, you could name the business. And I was thinking about the interaction between Edward and Elliot, that flashback compared to this one And Elliot does seem much angrier and much colder towards his father than he did before in the other flashback scene. So I'm wondering, like you said, we had said when we saw Elliot at the hospital, we had hypothesized that maybe that's when Mr. Robot emerged the first time or this this other personality um, from Elliot. And we did see... Elliot with the hoodie and the Mr. Robot jacket. And when he went into the theater, he was talking to someone beside him that he could see that we couldn't. So that almost made me feel maybe when Elliot was interacting with his dad, that that was more of a Mr. Robot persona starting to emerge more than the Elliot that we had known from the past. That makes sense. Did you guys catch that he was talking to someone in that seat next to him right before yeah. the movie started? Yeah. So. Yeah, but I was, but I would just wonder again because we were with season two trying to pinpoint exactly when did Mr. Robot emerge. I'm wondering if it even happened earlier than that. I mean, because mm-hmm. again, you know, certain things that we're certain things that we're allowed to see, certain flashbacks even that we're allowed to see. So I'm just wondering, is that the first time? Yeah, that, you know, I don't necessarily think that that instance in the movie was the first time, but it does feel like maybe the trauma of the abuse from his mother, illness of his dad was causing Mr. Robot to form or this personality to form as a as a way to protect Elliot. And as things got more stressful for him, because we know Elliot can't handle stress. Mr. Robot started to come out more and more. And I think your dad dropping dead in front of you is a is a pretty stressful event. I'm sorry to laugh. It was just so cold though. I couldn't figure it over like, seriously, you left him like that? He peaced out. I like, no, that, oh, I seriously want to be like, no, that can't be how it went down. But hey. That's what but, we saw. Hey, the world, in the world of Mr. Robot, nothing is ever really as you see or think, but it's like, 
it's sometimes always plays out how you most often will play out far beyond how you could have imagined it. So, mm-hmm. all right, I'll go with it. I'll go with it for now. Okay. We'll see. And maybe we'll figure out what um, Edward was apologizing for because he could just be apologizing for being sick or the fact that, you know, he knew he was going to die because he was coughing and he kept telling him it'll I'm getting it out of my system it'll be fine for the movie so so we get to see back to the present Elliot is back in his apartment he is basically talking to us about why you choose to delete things to save space because it's no longer wanted because it doesn't hold any value anymore. And I almost wondered, even when I was watching it the first time, was he thinking about himself when he was talking about not having any more value? Because we had seen in kind of the flashbacks for the episode, that scene where he broke the mirror and he said he hated himself. And he still has that broken mirror up in his apartment. Did you guys realize straight from the beginning how heavy this episode was going to be, Southern Cynic? I think at, I'm trying to remember, um, I think it was at the point where Elliot was talking to Darlene Mm -hmm. and um, when he took Flipper over to his landlord. Yeah, it was at that point I was tweeting like, "Oh my God, what is he gonna do? Please call a hotline." Because it just felt like, okay, this is what he's leading up to. He's cleaning up the evidence, making amends with mm-hmm. Darlene. He's trying to go out and make these amends with um, <clears throat> Trenton and Mobley's family, like saying his goodbyes. You know, preparing for this event that he's been thinking about. You know, and getting rid of Mr. Robot and throwing, um, having the, the jacket being tossed in the, in the, in the pit, you know, I, I was so, I was worried the whole episode after that. Yeah. I, I mean, where he was going. Yeah, it was, he was pretty, yeah, especially when you saw, when I saw him with Darlene and he was working so hard to get her out of there basically because he wanted to be alone and I think if she had stayed there with him it of course it would have made him more difficult to make his decision and to carry out his plans but you're right as soon as he took Flipper you know next door to the neighbor because when has Elliot ever really planned for Flipper's care that specifically that was a concern for me when he's talking about bringing Flipper's <laughs> favorite toy you're so right, because he leaves Flipper there by himself all the time. All the damn time. Poor Flipper. Poor Flipper. Akira, what what were you well, thinking? Uh, um, well, sorry. Yeah, there were definitely some hints dropped during his conversation with Darlene. And then seeing him with Flipper, you know, when he starts talking about that, there's that moment of hesitation, you know, before you, when you start the process of deleting something and and that analog box of, are you sure you want to do this? Mm -hmm. And so just seeing him go through, you know, with the dialogue and then going through the motions of certain, taking certain items of his or that, you know, he's trying to get rid of. And of course, with also with Darlene talking about how basically I think what really what really drove it home I think even before he took Flipper over was when he was saying you know I've tried everything and mm-hmm. nothing's worked so it's kind of like well okay if he's saying if he's already saying stuff like that that you've tried everything and it didn't work it's like well yeah he's he's definitely at that point where he's just like what else what, what other option do I have so yeah, it's like he lost yeah. hope 
It's like he didn't have mm-hmm. any hope. And let's talk some more about that interaction with Darlene because the Elliot that we saw talking to Darlene when she first came in, he was angry. He was being aggressive. He was being much more like Mr. Robot in some aspect than we've seen with him. And that line where he said he liked it, he liked Mm -hmm. it. That was incredibly unsettling to me as a viewer. What what were you thinking when you saw, because I was wondering, we had talked about the fact that um, Southern Cynic last week, Akira and I were talking about what did it mean that Mr. Robot didn't have on the glasses and the baseball cap at the end of last episode. And I had said maybe it was meaning they were becoming more integrated again. And then when I saw Elliot at the beginning of this week, he seemed more like a combination of Mr. Robot and Elliot. What, what do you think about that? I don't know. I think I was just more stuck on seeing that he was making his final decision, that he realized how complicit he was in all mm-hmm. of this, that it just wasn't Mr. Robot. It was him. And that the only way to stop this from continuing is to take the ultimate step and delete himself because he, he was torn up about how how many how he tried so hard in the past to get rid of Mr. Robot. Yeah. Let you do it. The the different way I can't remember all the ways he said that he um he tried to uh with pills, with drugs, going to jail. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't get rid of Mr. Robot. Well this was the way to ensure that the world would be rid of Mr. Robot. Mm. That was just Yeah, that was heartbreaking. It's tough. It really is. But also, but then also, like in watching watching Elliot talk about how he tried so hard to get rid of him, and it just took me back to some conversations that robot that robot had with Elliot, basically telling him that you created me for a reason, and. You know, yeah, that just that just kept coming back to me. And of course, you know, um, trying to find, you know, figure out again what that reason was specifically. Um, I guess we could say that, yeah, he wanted to bring him, you know, brought him back because um, Robot was that the angry and, you know, take action person that his dad wasn't. You know, maybe something else. But but yeah, but again, with the whole idea that, you know, you created me for a reason. And then maybe it's also with that, it's just, well, you know, you can't get rid of him. Maybe for those, maybe for those same reasons, maybe for different reasons. You know, again, I think it's also, I just keep pointing to loneliness as one of the reasons why he created him and then also why he can't really get rid of him. But then also other Another reason was him, you know, Elliot's also said at many times that he he wanted to be a part of something important. And now he's not, you know, I guess now he's seen the cyber bombings and what happens there. But I think with even throughout this episode, there's still a part of him still longing for being a part of something that maybe could try to right the wrongs that he's done so far. Yeah, I think that I think all of that is is definitely accurate the loneliness, the wanting to be a part of something important. But I also feel like Elliot does not deal with his anger. And I think Elliot has a lot of anger within him that he tries to tamp down. Unlike a Darlene who is 
you know, she'll rail against you. She'll fight against you if she's angry. Um, you see Angela deal with her anger by trying to seek justice for her mother's death. And Elliot seems to be one who does not deal well with his anger. But Mr. Robot seems to be the persona for that anger. Like when he was talking to Darlene about losing his last job and destroying the server room, etc. So he definitely has still some, some reasons for Mr. Robot to be there for him. There's definitely a role for Mr. Robot in Elliot's life. But let's talk about Elliot going to buy that morphine. Apparently, he got this dealer's name from Mobley's brother's, I guess, Facebook account or maybe his work email um, because um, Mobley's brother is a lawyer. And I think this might be one of his clients that he represents. Girl, that's a drug dealer. Akira, what were were you thinking about this drug buy? I'm going to reserve my opinion on this. I mean, on first at the first glance, yeah, you're looking at it purely, I guess, from the perspective of Elliot has made the decision that he's just going to eliminate himself from the world and rid the world of the problem of him and Mr. Robot. And then, of course, seeing it again, after we find out the information about Mobley, how Mobley's brother is connected to this guy. You're, I mean, I'm now kind of going, okay, he probably went there with that option also in mind. Hmm. That's interesting. I hadn't hadn't thought about that. I mean, for me, like I'm always talking about with this show, how you're always able to see things from a different perspective after you've um, watched it before. But yeah, but then also, I guess because the guy was talking about like three different reasons, like, oh, a guy only, somebody's only coming to me for like three, only trying to buy that much for three different reasons. And, um, you know, again, now looking at it again for another viewing, you're just, "Hmm, maybe there was a a fourth option that this guy didn't think about. Um, um, yeah, it kind of, again, brought you back to season one, Elliot, where, mm-hmm. you know, he had that, you, you know, where he was talking about how he dealt, how he, instead of dealing with his emotions, he used morphine to um, shield himself from dealing with the emotions. I guess that's the best. With the anxiety right and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like rather than face, rather than face it and actually process it and deal with it, it's like, no, I'm just going to, you know self-medicate myself and just not, you know, numb myself up and not really deal with what I'm feeling, not process it at all. Like, oh, let me just like have like a scheduled taking of all the drugs and everything. So, you know, so I don't really have to come out of this cloud and actually deal with what I'm dealing with. Yeah, Um, because he was very regimented in his taking of morphine in season one, like so that he, in his mind, wouldn't be considered an addict. But um, Mm -hmm. Southern Cynic, I was looking at this scene through the lens of one that is thirsty for the pocket prints, (laughs) as I know you are. So can you talk to me about um, your thoughts as one who is particularly parched? Um, when it comes to our pocket prints. I was really waiting for him to tell him to just completely strip. <laughs> <laughs> but then I got distracted by the black boxer briefs and I was staring at that for a little while. I, I completely, I, I don't, to be honest, I don't know what happened in this scene other than he bought drugs and he got half naked. 
<laughs> I was very pleased with it. I'm surprised you didn't see anything beyond the, oh, he got half naked part. <laughs> I felt so bad because there's this like heavy episode and I'm tweeting, take it off, take it off. But oh, also with the scene, they have no shame. <laughs> hey, I was, wholesome um, and shameless, sister. Yes, very. Uh, <laughs> also with the scene, with the it was at that point that um, I think it started dawning on everybody that the the show was being um, shown in letterbox form. Mm-hmm. So I was starting mm-hmm. to panic at that point, like. What is Sam doing right now? Had, had we always seen this show in letterbox form that it's just popped up like this? And then the the way that the scene was shot, I, I was it felt like it was a callback to some movie that I saw in the past and I just couldn't place it. So it was just very it was just a very odd scene. You well, know, um in the in the Hollywood Reporter article, Cora Donna was talking about some of the decisions they were making about how they were shooting um, this episode, the music, et cetera. And he said that they purposefully shot it differently than any other episode of the series um, before because they wanted us as the viewers to have um, more of a surreal experience as we were watching it. So we were feeling a little bit off kilter um, similarly to how Elliot was feeling. And it sounds like they achieved that. It really worked. <laughs> yeah, it worked. You can mark that box as achieved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw some tweet. Somebody was like, well, if you're filming it in this aspect ratio, you know shit's about to get serious. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, man. It was crazy. And I feel, I did feel really guilty about just shamelessly checking out Elliot, um, because I was like, he doesn't have an ounce of body fat. He's I didn't all feel guilty at all. <laughs> well, I just felt guilty because I, at that point, I knew what he was trying to do, but I was completely distracted when he said, "Take off the pants too," and I was like, "Yes, okay, <laughs> okay, okay." <laughs> but he's in really good shape. He's in really good shape. And who was that? Was that you, Southern Cynic, who posted that um, little video of um, Sammy Malik this week as well? Oh, somebody dug up that old clip from him doing the interview. Where, on uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Was it on photos. Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah. It was Jimmy Kimmel. Girl, mm-hmm. we had a good time with that. His brother's so thick. Oh, oh yes. Thick like and thin. Thick think. and thin, honey. Thick and thin mm-hmm. sandwich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just want to suck on him like a little piece of butterscotch. Just like, mm. Girl, you know he has some thick thighs. You know he got to have some thick thighs. Roll them on my tongue. Just... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a beard, too. And a beard, too. Beard rides. Hollow. Okay. Yeah. And back to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I think my husband's gonna listen to this. I'm so sorry. Girl, you are not sorry. You're not that sorry. <laughs> okay. But we did talk about making amends and we do see Elliot go to both Mobley's family's um, residence and we see him go to Trenton's and you get to see the juxtaposition between how these two 
families are treating um, their deceased loved one. Mobley's brother, I don't even want to talk about him. Akira, what did you think about Mobley's brother the first time you saw him? Oh, that he was a douchebag. Mm. I think black girl. I, I think black girl nerds posted that um, Mobley's brother looked like the type of guy who would. Um, what did he say? Retweet, retweet, retweet fake, fake news. news stories and believe everything Donald Trump said. <laughs> I was like, I think you might be yeah, accurate. Definitely accurate. And then just like, uh, yeah, I was almost about to shout at my TV. It's like, what are you talking about? Oh, you think they make this shit up now? I'm like, wake the fuck up. <laughs> Hello. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah, all I can say about his brother is that he's a douche. That's it, all. Did you guys notice he answered that door with a baseball bat? He was holding a baseball bat in his hand when he answered the door the first time. So I'm assuming that, you know, if you're known as the family member of someone who allegedly did these cyber attacks and killed 4,000 people, I'm sure, like he said, he was he's on the verge of being fired i'm sure he's being targeted by his neighbors i know he had trash all over his yard but there's trash everywhere but i just noticed mm -hmm. that he had that baseball bat when he opened the door but i mean the fact that someone's coming to your home in kindness to your family i would have thought he would have been more receptive what did you think of Fuck that guy um, I'm <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, sounds a little bit more colorful than mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I'm I'm fine with I'm fine with not even talking about him. Um, Trenton's family. I mean, that was heartbreaking because it's clear how much they love her, how much her father loves her. Um, because he believes something happened that somebody did this to her, and the fact of how um scared basically they looked when Elliot walked up to them was very telling. So Southern Cynic, what were your thoughts with the interaction between Elliot and Trenton's family and then seeing her brother in the background? It was just pulling at my heart because you know none of this is true. Mm -hmm. And all these months of being separated from her, they thought that she was in Arizona. And, and now they have to wonder, you know, what was going on with her. Um, and you have all these people who are harassing them now to the point to where they just have to leave. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, you know, we remember why they came over in the first place. Um, Trenton was, you know, talking to Darlene. And, and now whatever American dream they had is shattered. Oh, yes. You know, it's, it's just, it just, it, it wrecked me a little bit. But, mm -hmm. you know, I was glad Elliot came by to tell them, you know, because they needed that. They needed to hear that from somebody that it's not true. She was a good person. You know, I knew her. I cared about her. Did you, and, did we realize that Trenton was only 18 years old? So is she like, well, yeah, she was MIT grad. She's just a super genius. I guess so. When I mean, she go to college when she was 14. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't realize she was only 18. I mean, I knew she was young, but I didn't know she was that young. So we get to see when Elliot goes to the house, we see um, Trenton's brother, Muhammad, is in the background and he is 
peering. He's very interested in what Elliot is saying to him. From that, he basically follows Elliot to um, Coney Island, where Elliot is sitting on the beach and he's preparing to um, take the morphine. And we see Muhammad show up. And we get to see this beautiful time that Elliot gets to spend with Muhammad. And one of the things that struck me is like, this is the most speaking I can remember Elliot doing with someone, just like normal talking to someone that we've ever seen with Elliot. And it was, it was endearing. It was interesting to see him talking to a kid and, and talking in a way that we hadn't heard him speak before. Um, what did you think when you saw Muhammad show up, um, Akira? I mean, you definitely figured that, okay, that was the moment that, um, the moment in the place that Elliot um, was going to, I guess, carry out his uh, plan of deleting himself. And then, um, yeah, when Muhammad showed up, I was like, all right, that's good timing. Yeah, as soon as Muhammad just showed up and started talking, I was like, yeah, Elliot is not going to be able to go through with this. And then mm-hmm. also, I mean, even if Muhammad didn't show up, I mean, you kind of knew that, yeah, this, yeah, I don't think that the show is going to take that big of a risk in getting rid of Elliot. Like, you know, if, mm-hmm. um, you know, if they're like Horace said in the article, you know, if they get rid of Elliot, what's really left of the show? Not to say that anybody couldn't carry, but still, Elliot is, you know, the central figure of the show. But I do like how they had, how they had Muhammad be the one to stop him, get him to actually deal with everything that he's been holding back and just completely avoiding for so long mm-hmm. and finding some, you know, being able to accept responsibility for what's happened and then just say, I mean, he, I mean, we've seen him, ex, you know, say that I'm to blame for all this, but there's, there's things that you say or things that we hear Elliot say, but there's, again, certain phrases that when you finally hear it said out loud, it's like it's on a whole another level, especially when that scene when they're in the mosque, they're having that back and forth between each other and Elliot just shouts out, so do I, after mm-hmm. Muhammad screams at him, I wish you were dead. We've probably, as viewers, we've probably seen undertones of that sentiment from Elliot, but again, to finally hear Elliot say it, it takes it to a whole nother level. I mean, and something uh, else, something else, um, Muhammad said to him in the mosque, Elliot was, was talking and he, um, Muhammad said, you talk about yourself a lot. And I was like, mm-hmm. damn, but Elliot paused when he said that. Yes, and they're I, very perceptive. Yeah. And I, they're very perceptive. And I felt like that was something good for Elliot to hear because while he is, saying it is his fault he is still focused a lot on him and I think with Mm -hmm. Muhammad saying that is forcing him to think beyond himself maybe to think about what's going to happen to all of these other people if you make this decision to delete yourself and I think it was very genius for the writers to use a child in this way with Elliot because no adult could say the things to Elliot that Muhammad that said and get the reaction because Elliot could easily try to deflect an adult like he did with Darlene. And I think they would be more willing to take it because adults don't push in the same way kids push. And you know, the Sakura as someone who works with kids, 
they will push yes, and they I will do. ask you uncomfortable <laughs> questions and they'll keep asking Every you uncomfortable day. questions <laughs> and they'll ask for things and they'll expect things. They just um, have no filter. Mm -hmm. They don't. A lot of kids yes, don't. they have no filter. No, they don't have a filter at all. They get to a certain age and they learn how society works and that filter gets built. But at Muhammad's age, no, it's not there. He's just going to say what's on his mind. Mm -hmm. And that's what Elliot means. I like that about him. Yeah. Yeah, I like that about him. I that, mean, because, you know, I guess, you know, yeah, working, working with kids. Yes, I mean, it's like kids, kids can sniff out the bullshit and just call things for what they are. And again, you know, I mean, it was yeah like i mean who else really could have gotten that breakthrough for elliot who else mm -hmm. could have forced him to actually have to communicate with another human being you know who else because who else but a child and particularly trenton's brother yeah i mean yeah i mean i'm, I'm sitting there like when i'm thinking about like how the whole the whole this episode played out in the writer's room and i'm like okay i just wish i could have heard more of the conversation about the um, the development of Mahabin and everything. But then also in the THR article, uh, Cora was saying how the, uh, the young actor who played Mohammed uh, came and introduced himself to everybody um, a few days um, sometime before filming had started and talking about the ideas that he had and everything. And I wish I could have heard, the, you know, heard some of the things that he had to say that this child had to say about the characters because that's just my character analysis geeky side you know just wanting to know what did the actor think what did these thoughts did the actor have about this character beforehand but yeah nobody but muhammad could have gotten this out of him angela was is so far gone right now mm -hmm. um, yeah and i also i also like how they built up that frustration that um elliot was having with muhammad a lot of people were complaining about the weird uh cuts to commercial but to me it just added to it was just a reflection of what Elliot was going through trying to deal with this kid who is all over the place and just in his space and attacking him, you know, with a barrage of questions. And it was just, it was becoming too much, you know. I, I like the buildup of that, but. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm just glad that this heaven sent annoying angel came to save our, our precious little baby. Yeah, he did. I hope that we get to see more of them. Hmm. Well, he did say, can I see you again? And um, I know that Cor did mention that they would love to have him back. Um, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. keep him up in the cross for that. He has a yeah. date to go see the Martian. Oh, jeez. Because you know Matt Damon's so awesome. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> did you see what uh, I tweeted? I tweeted, Matt Damon is not awesome. <laughs> I caught that. I caught, but the fact also that this kid, that Muhammad, as much as I love you, why would you even want to go see another movie on Back to the Future Day? Why? Girl, he ain't no. He never been to the movies. He never been to the All movies. All the more reason for him to go see Back to the Future. The whole trilogy. <laughs> so, All the more reason. <laughs> so that when they were waiting in line and those, um, the Back to the Future geeks were having that kind of debate about what did Back to the Future mean? Do you think that was a nod to us to try to figure out what White Rose has planned, Southern Cynic? God, I would love to answer that if I could remember everything that they said. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, it really devolved into some geek speak and it started getting kind of crazy. And I was like, oh, okay, this is over my head. I love that. Oh. I didn't think about it that deep. <laughs> 
I love the use of the term geek speak. Love that. So um, basically, I'm trying to think of everything. Rami was saying that the movie was about a character going to the past to change the future. And then the second guy said, no, he went to the future in order to change the past. And then the third... Well, yeah, I think it was went to the, went future, to the future in order to change the future, and he went this to the future was able, and through that was able to go back and change the past. Yes, and then the lady chimed in and saying, "Oh no, it's about how one decision can change the world, or something like that." Yes, that was like the three different. Like we we could we should have what we should have done is prepared a debate, and each one of us t- taken one of these three sides. <laughs> But, girl, I cannot have a third week of having Leon's <laughs> knife to my neck, girl. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I won't do that to you. I won't do that to you. But I thought that for was now. I thought that for now. I thought that was three very different takes on the movie, knowing that there's been this theme of Back to the Future since season one and just wondering is that them just trying to push us as viewers to try to figure out what is white rose doing but yeah i was like you southern cynic i should have slowed that down and like written stuff down and and googled some things but it was good to see that great nod to back to the future day um in this episode and elliot was just so excited i've always wanted to see this movie on this day i know if you had popped those pills you would have missed this i know it's, and it was so nice to just see Elliot excited about something. The as fact, Elliot can be. Yeah, as, as Elliot, you know, just sharing, doing the popcorn with the M&Ms, like sharing that with, yeah. with, with Muhammad and just seeming so, I hate to say it, but he just seemed so normal. Um, well, I, I think I tweeted out something like that, seeing that is what he was doing with the popcorn and everything with the kid. It was like he was healing his inner child. Yeah. Healing that, that, yeah. that dark spot mm-hmm. that occurred in his life, you know? Yeah. Erasing it, deleting mm-hmm. it, and replacing it with, with a, new a better memory. Yeah. Oh, that's just making me sad and happy at the same time because Elliot has been through so much, so very much. And to be able to see him somewhat happy is always enjoyable for me. Can we talk about the stuff that was going on in the background in this episode? Because throughout the episode, you see the military. There's this presence of the military in the city. They keep talking about the um, nine o'clock curfew, that the curfew is from nine o'clock to 4 a.m. We see when they're walking, um, past the mosque we see um i think it's the national guard there is a detention center there and you see a bunch of brown people standing in line with the military and they're behind fences being detained the world has has definitely changed in these three weeks after seven one um after the 71 buildings have been blown up with this focus on brown citizens, on Muslims, because of this connection that White Rose forced to Iran. And I think in that article, Akira Corradonna did talk about it being a commentary on where we are right now. Yeah, um, yeah, I caught that. Um, and we've definitely talked about that 
last week um, and saying that um, last week's was also a start, like starting the um, starting the commentary on how, as a society, we're so quick to slap labels to certain um, mm-hmm. people and the and the terrible actions that they take as opposed to others. And of course, you know, yeah, let's just go out and. You know, go ahead and say it that yes, you know, they're easily to slap a terrorist if you've got brown skin, other than, yeah, y'all watch the news, y'all know. Yeah, and a terrorist or a lone wolf. Yeah, and and Corridana said that in the article. He said that Mm -hmm. they're acknowledging that as well. What did you think about um, when Muhammad was talking about being president and, uh, Elliot was asking him what kind of president would he be? And he said that um, he would make everyone love him and eat pop tarts. And he based, and then Rami Elliot said, so you're going to be a dictator, which I think was just once again, throwing shade at the current administration. I can't can't say his name this week. I just can't say his name. I think we've moved beyond throwing shade. We're just, they're just throwing food. calling it from calling it like we see it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh yeah um yeah see celine she now knows what i call that person i told her oh. I'll, after we were recording <laughs> last week yeah we'll have to we'll tell you when we're not recording <laughs> yeah she was, after she heard it she was just like oh my god i'm glad you didn't say what say it while we were I know. recording i'm like i'm gonna have to edit that out <laughs> But it always gets a kick out of everybody. Everybody loves it. Uh, so far. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it gets a good laugh out of everybody. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. But um, I, I did like all the, the um, social commentary that was going on in this episode that is reflective of where we easily could be as a society. I mean, we're not that far off from it. Um, with the people who are currently in power. So I think it was far from it going back to it. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. Because we did have internment camps here um, that people like to forget about, like that didn't happen to a group of um, folks um, in our country. So yeah, it really is a return to it. I have something to say about Muhammad. Did anyone feel like this was too good to be true and maybe this wasn't really happening? If you were watching the Twitter feeds, then yeah. Girl, you know I was drunk. You know I, I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I passed out. Yeah, you didn't want us beforehand. I did pass out for part of the show and I woke up and I kept on tweeting. So. No, I was not watching the Twitter feed. <laughs> Everyone was worried. Uh, that's got to be the only way that you can fall asleep during this show. I know. I was to- I was a little bit more than tipsy. I was so mad at myself. Mm, yes, because I'm like, girl, how did you fall asleep during the show? Because I was drinking. But what what were they saying? Been Southern? Drinking. I've been tr- Don't make me sing. <laughs> <laughs> But so much said it. What were they saying? You know what? You know what? We're gonna have to do a commentary track um, after a few drinks. Let's oh. just put that on the schedule. <laughs> time, so.
Listen, I did one of my, my other podcasts. I recorded one while tipsy. It was hilarious. So I'm down. <laughs> but, um, everyone on Twitter was starting to believe that, yeah, Muhammad was made up. He was a new friend. Like, Elliot just imagined that he followed him, you know, to Coney Island and that he was taking them to the movies, especially with that, um, before that last cut to commercial and Elliot looked over to the side. He was talking mm-hmm. for a while, looked over to the side. And, and he was gone. He was gone. I was starting to wonder myself, like, oh, shit. He has taken these pills, and this is a, a some kind of crazy hallucination that he's having. He's having the best trip of his life while trying to end his life. It's like, ugh. I, I'm not convinced. The guy at the movie theater saw said he well, was like, oh, the, or the blue hoodie, he peaced yeah. out. Yeah, at that but point, I think it was that okay. the, But I think the whole thing could have just been a, a imagination of Elliot. Not like he was actually doing those things. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't 100% trust that this happened because it was perfect, if you know what I mean. Um, but I mean, the fact that it got Elliot to be self-reflective and to give him hope. Oh, what if... What if Mr. Robot created this delusion to save Elliot, to oh. also save himself? Like the like the '90s episode, or like mm-hmm. the... oh my god, how oh, insidious! I love it. I'm sick of this show ruining my life. <laughs> I love it, Southern well, Cynic. I'd be like, I'd be like, Robot, you clever bastard! Oh my gosh, I love that thought. He's a diabolical son of a bee. <laughs> I know I'm like what we're, we're, we're PG you got now? that far just say it <laughs> I love it I absolutely love it oh now I can't stop thinking about that I know right it's crazy yeah it's so crazy I mean they gave us the TV right. show so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and then we had that crazy opening too I love it. I love it. I can. I can dig it. I can dig it. See, I came up with that all on my own without going to Reddit. (laughs) 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 Oh, I just throw some shade at the predators. (laughs) Hey, girl, you have you have wonderful theories. You have wonderful. Yes, that is a good one. That's I I like it. Yeah, no, but every time I try to go to Reddit Southern, you're always like, girl, don't. You're going to go down the rabbit hole, and I know you're not going to be able to stop yourself, which I probably won't. That hole is so yeah. deep. Yeah. I usually only, if I do go, I only, like, allow myself to only search it for, like, an hour or something. I'm like, all right, that's an it. An don't hour? Don't search any more than an hour. Girl. Yes, an that's hour. Gonna, that's a long all day? No, I just think an hour's a long time. I've I've never been on Reddit, so I I. Nah, I mean, it is like you say. You could get um like going on to so many different theories, and then sometimes I also check the um the ARG as well to see what um to see any any other things that they've been coming up with, particularly mm-hmm. with Coradonna and these um and these uh, some of his answers with numbers and they're like, okay, has anyone in ARG figured that out yet? Which I think someone might have, but I have to double check. I know. And then he was quoting what was he quoting in that um Hollywood Reporter article? 
He was talking about the Goths and the Romans. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah I didn't get a chance to check that one today. I need to like go to um, a dinner party with him and just listen to him talk and be smart. I feel like mm-hmm. I need Trenton's MIT degree in order to engage him. I just can't. <laughs> I t- that, that's why I said just sit and listen. I don't want to talk at all. <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend to be able to make coherent speech. I just want to listen. Like I have a lot of words, <laughs> <laughs> but I cannot use them to form sentences yeah, at girl, this point. Girl, you just came up with that damn theory. Don't give me that. That was good. That was good. But, hey, did anybody else think that Trenton sent the email to him? Were you waiting on that to be the reveal? No. Um, yeah, I think last week I said it was probably going to go to Dom. But we said yeah, Dom. That, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, when we saw him on the computer, I thought that might have been the instant. But when we didn't see it the first time, when he was deleting things, I was like, oh, I hope that email wasn't in, you know. But I guess he wasn't looking at his email. He was looking at his files, his saved files, because I think Cora Donna addressed that in the Hollywood Reporter article that when we saw him the first time, he wasn't checking his email. But um, no, I was I was happy to to read about that. Before we get to reading the email from Trenton, um, can we talk about that beautiful, sad scene with Angela and Elliot? And even before that, the scene when um, Elliot takes Muhammad back home and um, Elliot kind of has that breakdown of crying. God, that was just so powerful told him to wait a minute and came back with a lollipop here he said you were sick oh i had held it in the Mm -hmm. entire episode but i had to squeeze a couple out because oh oh, it was mm, Uh, it was yeah children are a gift i just wish i liked them But God, when, when, when Elliot broke down, I felt like to me, that was him realizing I did these things, but I want to live. That was him having hope again. And it, oh God, it just touched me. And then when he brought him that lollipop, it was almost like, you know, when you went to the doctor and it's the end of your doctor's visit and they're like, okay, you're going to be okay now here have this lollipop you're going to be okay yeah (sighs) heavy man Mm -hmm. after elliot um leaves muhammad's he goes to see angela and here are my questions it's been three weeks how many locks did angela have on her door who installed said locks and what it Girl, so much, so much, so many questions. She gone girl. That's that's just her nickname now. (laughs) 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 Like, and the types of locks she had on, they were like padlocks, deadbolts, slide bolts, every type of lock. Why is she doing all this? Because everything's gonna be okay. That's what I was saying. 
I felt like that was her locking her, like maybe it was a metaphor. Locking in her crazy. <laughs> I don't like to use the word crazy. I apologize. <laughs> but um, I was thinking it was metaphorical of her locking herself within herself to deal with what she had done. Yeah, I think so too. And then also, um, you know, with Darlene telling um, Elliot in the beginning of the episode that, you know, you really need to go see Angela. She's not doing too well. And he's at first like, well, maybe she should be, you know, breaking down. Mm-hmm. And then Darlene is one, you know, one to call him on his bullshit. Um, that, okay, if I need to remind you that she was there for you when you yeah. had your issues. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I think that, um, you know, with, I like that metaphor that you said um, of her locking herself within herself. Um, I think cause she's, I think cause she's still, I think that she's definitely obviously, well, I think she's gotten to the point where she is aware of what role she has played in the cyber bombings happen. Um, I think that she may have also started to process like what that means, mm-hmm. not just for her, but for, I think other people around her. Um, her relationship with Elliot, you know, how is that going to play out from now on? You know, is he going to forgive her? But, you know, from what we saw, it seems like, it seems like he will. Yeah. But yeah, but then, yeah, but then also, it was also interesting to find, to see like, okay, because we've always heard that, you know, when Elliot had his breakdown, it was always Angela that was there for him. So it was kind of, it was interesting and nice to see that he could be there for her. Um, I think because he's been there and he Mm -hmm. knows what that's like. So, mm-hmm. and that's in this case, it was like, who else to help her out of this but me? But Southern um, Cynic, his description of the wishing game and the stuff they wished for, and that, God, that scene was so emotional between the two of them. It was like we've seen Elliot with Angela, and we know they're close, but to see them on on either side of that door. And to see Angela fighting through those tears to be able to catch that memory and, and have that small smile. I mean, it shows us the depth of their relationship. And I know Angela's not your favorite person, but you, you have to say you were touched by that. I was. It's, it's, it's like they switched sides almost, you know. Elliot mm-hmm. came to save her, you know. But... I, just tired of Sam wrecking my life with the music and how the shot was set up. Everybody's crying, going mm. through memories. I can't deal with this for the next two episodes. Oh my God. And what is Angela going to go through? Oh God, I, I, I just can't. They, ugh, they kill me. It's a lot. I, okay, can someone explain to me and and take it that I was drunk the first time I saw it. Can you explain to me what was happening with the ice cream truck and the war of the worlds? And is it, was it about, I don't know, what was happening there? Um, So with the ice cream, the ice cream truck shows up when Elliot um, is looking for Muhammad. um, Is looking for Muhammad and... So he tells him, I need to get, you know, I'm looking for the moth that's by the playground. And uh, so he says, okay, well, get in. You know, I have friends on uh, friends on both sides. I think that's what he said. And then, of course, he's driving through the neighborhood and War of the Worlds is playing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and of course they have this conversation where Elliot perceives the story of being about the end of the world and the, the driver telling him, well, no, not exactly. You know, yeah, things get mucked up more or less. Um, but in the end, but in the end, the humans persevere. Um, so I think that um, it gives Elliot, a, you know, a different perspective to look at the story because um, he's told us, oh, it's about the end of the world where, okay, working, you know, you, and I was like, okay, that's kind of bleak. Where can you go from there? But for this guy to tell him, um, no, you know, there's, it's about perseverance, you know, in the end you can't, you know, things after, despite how bad things can get, you can get better from that. And then I think it's also maybe that it was also interesting that he gets that story from this guy. And then he, when he's talking to Angela about their wishing game, how he tells her or reminds her of, you know, that what you always used to tell us, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what happens, we'll be okay. okay. Um, yeah. So I think also, again, with, again, with the whole idea of him going to Angela, I think, um, I think the guy with the ice cream truck, so sorry, I can't remember his name or if he even had a name. Um, yeah. He's the one that I think plants that seed in his head or kind of reminds him that, Oh yeah. Gives him the reminder that, yeah, Angela used to tell you all that too. So I think that he's able to not only take that and go, you know, give that sense of hope to Angela, but he's also able to give that sense of hope to Muhammad also. Um, yeah. Cause he's dealing with, um, cause he's dealing with the loss of his sister and not just the loss, but he's dealing some responsibility for her even leaving, wondering mm-hmm. what it, it, is this, is it something that I did to have Elliot, I guess, had to have Elliot reassure him that, no, this was not your fault. Um, you know, you didn't do anything, you know, your sister loved you and everything. And, you know, just know that you are not to blame for any of this. And I wonder when he said that, to uh, the, what, yeah. I wonder when he said those lines to Muhammad, if that was also like him saying it to himself as a child, taking some of the, the blame and responsibility, because we do know in season one, Elliot shares with Mr. Robot, um, his guilt of telling his mother that his father was sick. So Elliot does have some guilt about some, some things that happened when he was a child. So I I wonder if not only was that cathartic for Elliot to forgive himself for the roles that he played in what's happening in the present, but also some things that happened in the past. This was a deep episode. Yeah. I wonder how did anybody find this episode boring? You know, Maybe they don't like to think. Being born. I don't know. But I was like, how can you call this episode boring? Like, did we just watch the same episode? Like, there was a lot here. Like, okay, maybe it wasn't like the... It wasn't, a, it wasn't a bang, bang, in your face action movie. This, that was, this was more of a right. cerebral drama. Right. And you know, just feel. Maybe people yeah, just were just, expecting that drop in the intensity of the show after the last three. And then it's like, well, you know, slammed on the brakes. Okay. Well, I'm going to just tell you, the show can still be intense without all that, you know, without all that, you know, the whole two-parter of stage two, the show can pack just as much of a punch with what we saw last night. In addition to what it packed, what it did for us, those previous episodes. I would have to there, say I, said it. I would have to say this is one of my if not my favorite episode of this season for me personally because mm-hmm. I felt like it gave us so much 
it's I'm thinking about this episode a lot. I, I just really liked it. I really, really liked it. Like I like all the high tension stuff, but the, you know, I like the subtlety. I like the quiet acting. I like all of that. Um, the stuff they were doing with music, um, how they were lighting things um, like the, in the hallway with the red light with Elliot and his dark clothes and with Angela, with her pure white outfit and the, you know, like stuff like that is just like brilliant. But, you know, each, everybody has their own mm -hmm. opinion and that's okay. That is <laughs> okay. That's okay. We love you. Yes, we do. We love, we're glad you're listening and we love you. Just keep watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about um, the previews for next week. Because, well, not before we get to the previews, the email. So yeah. in the email, Trenton tells Elliot that there might be a way to undo the hack. And um, you can help me out on this because Cora Donna explained this in the Hollywood Reporter article. So Romero uh -huh. installed hardware key loggers. So basically on all of the machines they used in the arcade, he installed a program where it would record all of your keystrokes. So if they're able to um, get that information, they should be able to go back and undo what they did during the hack. Um, the problem being is that when the police went to Romero's home after he was shot. They took all of his equipment. And so now the FBI probably has the equipment. Yeah. 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 So I feel like this is setting us up for a, like I predicted last week, a um, duo between Elliot Dom and, and Elliot. I think that's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, after seeing this email, after seeing the email and who she sent it to, I'm like, yeah. So, see, Celine, you got it again. That's another one for you. Yay, me! <laughs> Yay, me. And then one of the other things I said, Son of Cynic, I don't know if you listened um, when you weren't here last week. I was predicting um, possibly Terrell being the new CEO of Evil Core and somehow possibly. Um, aligning with Philip Price against White Rose because they are both pissed at White Rose right now. White Rose did tell him to put somebody in place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I thought that White also, Rose might puppet Tyrell into that role. Well, but also, have you guys taken a look at the Red Wheelbarrow site? No. You might want to do that. Can you, can you give us a hint? Um, well... A little Alice in Wonderland, you know what she did with the white roses, and the queen got mad as hell. Oh, okay, listeners, yeah. go to the right, go to the Red Wheelbarrow website and check it out. Yes, yes, I got a shout out, um, Corey, Corey, uh, oh. um, the Mr. Robot Rewind. Yes, we had a conversation today because after seeing Trenton's email, I was like, all right, I know that Corey. I don't know if he's doing his happy dance yet. Not yet, <laughs> but he predicted back at um, towards the end of season one um, that, you know, he was always questioning why would they just, if they, I thought that they were going to destroy the data, why did they end up encrypting it rather than destroying <laughs> mm -hmm. it if that was supposed to be their plan? So he said, um, predicted towards the end of the season that he had a feeling that the decrypted data might somehow be coming back. So 
it's looking like that may happen, but mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't want to do his happy dance just yet. <laughs> Southern we, Cynic, yeah. what are you Southern looking Cynic, at? Yeah. Southern Cynic, you are like dying. <laughs> I have a question. Can we step it back a minute? What is level 32? Uh, huh? I'm looking at the Red Roboro site. Unless something has changed since you last looked at it. I'm see the Queen of Hearts. And uh-huh. I'm reading around the card. Level 32 right. on us. What is level 32? Well, hmm. I know stage three well, is coming question. up. Yes, stage. I was just about to say that. Yeah, stage three. Whew, are y'all ready for what stage three is going to be? Hell no. Stage two. Girl. Well, it's not like this show's really going to give you much chance to catch your breath until the next oh, one. I'm going to have to go to Reddit tonight. I already no! <laughs> I want to know. What? I got her to say what? She's admitted she's going to Reddit. I'm going. Uh-huh. I got to know what level 32 is. That, yeah, that is that from Tyrell? Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You're going to yep. have to do a deep dive. But stage three is coming up. Coradonna said um, in that article, he's like, what do we have to look forward to in these last two episodes? And he said stage three. Eek. Mm. Um, and so for the, the previews for next week, um, we see Elliot tell Irving that he wants a meeting with White Rose. It looks like instead of meeting with White Rose, he's meeting with um, Grant. Hey, Grant Chang. Um, we also see Terrell is going to be in this episode and he is still, he's, I think he's talking to Mr. Robot, um, about feeling betrayed. We see White Rose is angry. She's like flipping a table. Grant is standing there and White Rose is flipping a table. We see Leon. So he's babysitting someone. So and then the last thing um, is said is we are coming full circle. But speaking of Grant Chang, um, we're at the section of our um, podcast where we talk about Grant Chang and we are wholesome and shameless. Um, last week after White Rose's assistant Grant invited Trenton and Mobley to go to the um, garage, we had some Twitter conversations. And I believe Southern Senate, you were part of this conversation with Grant Chang where um, he invited us to a garage, a virtual garage. And I think um, he said there would be, what did he say? There would be a swing and some cake. And I believe, what did someone else suggest would be in that garage, if you remember? Um, Uh, A little bit of the icky. A little bit of the what? (laughs) The icky sticky. It was going to be quite some party. Puff, puff give action. <laughs> yeah, there had to be some puff puff give. <laughs> there was. <laughs> so Grant was hosting a virtual party in a garage, um, and we told him we would definitely follow him to any garage. But if folks aren't um, following Grant Chang, he has posted some really cute pictures of himself and B.D. Wong. He posted one the night of the episode of him and B.D. Wong watching together. And then he posted another one, maybe like an hour ago, a beautiful black and white shot of him and B.D. Wong um, when they were filming. So yeah, they definitely have that bro love going on. Um, And I'm not mad at it. Like I would love that black and white picture as a poster. It is just gorgeous. He's our Twitter boo. 
He really is. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need um I feel like we need a ship name. <laughs> I don't care. I just I just adore him. I just adore that man. Um so yeah. Um so we have two more episodes. I just want to um say thank you to some folks who are always supporting us and boosting us on Twitter. They are always retweeting us, always interacting with us. So, um, and if I don't say your name and you're boosting us, it's not a slight, but um, the folks over at Scene and Nerd are always boosting us. Um, Josh from On Pirate Sat. Um, there's another Mr. Robot podcast, the F Society IRC podcast are always down. Um, Quinn Wonder, um, Hellblazer Damon lots of folks. So just thanks for supporting us. And um, if you're listening, as always, please give us a review or subscribe to the podcast. You have spent another hour and some change with us. Um, I am at C. Talene. You can find me on Twitter at C-T-A-L-L-E-E-N. Where can they find you, Southern Cynic? You can find me on Twitter at Southern Cynic. And Akira, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at HelloFriend, F3LL0FRI3ND1. That's right. And please remember, we are part of the Brothers Comics family of podcasts. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever quality podcasts are found. You can see us. So we have two more episodes. We will be here to talk about them. Good night, everybody.